Welcome to the Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. Conversations with inspiring people paired with amazing beer. Let's get going. Hey, welcome back to the Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. We're doing it in Banff this weekend. Um, I'm hanging out with my friend Matt. How you doing, man? Yeah, doing pretty good. Good. You're yeah. doing better than you were An hour seven ago. hours ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a good time last night. That's yeah. For sure. I... Uh, it, this is called Let's Meet for a Beer, but I thought it was probably best if we, we refrained from drinking beers this morning. I yeah. think that uh, you need some time off. I'll wait till noon, so yeah. we've got a few minutes yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, This is really just me doing an intervention. I'm, I'm worried. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was a good time last night. Yeah. So party. I want to I kind of talk about how you got to where you are now, because you're doing a lot of exciting projects. But when I first met you... Uh, it was when Park Distillery first opened, and you were their distiller. Yeah. Um, but the story of even how you became a distiller, I thought was was funny. So I'm I'm actually just trying to test my own memory. You're from Saskatchewan. Yeah, that's right. Love okay. Red, yeah. Um, and the idea of being uh, like, I remember you telling me when you were a bartender, you would you know you were cracking beers and and you know pouring. Ryan Cokes. That was the extent of what you Weiser's thought. Whiskey. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was and, my uh, yeah. <laughs> and so where were you working when you had um somebody kind of come in as a as a as a cocktail expert and that kind of changed everything? Just share that story. That's right, yeah. So that was a like a solid 10, 12 years ago. Uh I was at the Banff Park Lodge, uh working there in the F and B departments. Uh and they hired a uh, a friend of mine now, George Kaplan, in, into the lobby lounge and, and terrace dining room. And uh, he was uh, like a cocktail wizard. And I didn't know what that was at the time. And I kind of thought he was a bit of a poof, you know, like drinking cocktails, fingers up. And uh, he sat me down and made me an old fashioned, made me a whiskey sour, made me a Manhattan. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. So I volunteered time. Uh, he educated me. I was working down there for free because it was salary upstairs. And, and, and it just evolved into this never ending research project of mine, which is alcohol. Right. And, and as he developed me over a year and a half and decided to move on back home to Ontario, uh, he kind of dropped me on the doorsteps of the Balkan, which is the Greek restaurant. And, yeah. and uh, that was my first chance to kind of get out of hotels and, and be into the mainstream of downtown. And, and it never looked back from there. So what was it that, that I guess, like turned you kind of did that, you did that 180 where you went from like, this is silly yeah. to wow this is this is amazing because you essentially dedicated your your professional life to it at that point yeah you know like restaurants and and, and bars for the last 20 years of my life and 18 of it in banff and and uh the, the idea that you can like be an artist behind a bar right like the art of cocktail making is what fascinated me the most and that it didn't matter what you wanted to do at the end of it you were going to come out with something delicious if you put your time and energy into it and then the customer or the client loved that the most so yeah. it just kind of was like addictive and and just wanted to keep going with it right so when you worked at so okay how did you go from um 
being a bartender to then becoming a distiller? What's that process look like? Yeah, so I'd done a few years at at the Balkan, and and they're now Banff Hospitality Collective, so they've got a few restaurants in town, and and uh, at the time they were wanting me to progress through the company, and and uh, during the uh, evolution of craft distilling in Alberta, where it became legal, they decided to take what was Giorgio's then, which is now Park Distillery, and, and turn it into a distillery restaurant, and they sat me down and asked if I wanted to be the master distiller uh, i shook a hand and i was like yeah for sure and, and the first thing i went and did was googled what is distilling yeah um i understood what bourbon was and i could make you the best old-fashioned and i was in cocktail competitions but i didn't really fully understand the science that it takes to to make distilling happen um so i self-educated and uh, they allowed me to buy a mini still and i kind of moved into the greek grandma's basement and uh, i was able to uh, test batch over a year and, and and mash and read biology textbooks on yeast and enzymes and pressures and whatnot and uh, did a year of distillation it was like 47 different batches i made over that year in a 50 liter hillbilly pot still uh to where then we opened park and and i pioneered the program there yeah cool. yeah and that's a beautiful space yeah it's so so when you first started distilling uh so a lot of distillers from what i can understand they start with the the vodkas and the gins i think because they're you, you can it can be called a vodka or a gin without it you know aging whereas like a whiskey it needs to age for three years minimum three right yeah, yeah. so did you guys have a strategy in place of what you guys wanted to distill uh, when you started with that? Yeah, like Clear Spirits is kind of like what they say, pays the bills while your whiskey's aging. Um, the, the fun part with Park was, you know, this 200-seat, two-story building was the cocktail program was going to rival anything. Right. So now I was able to make products that were designed around the cocktails that I wanted to produce because I was curating that bar program as well. So yes, vodka was first, and and uh, and then we started to do infusions with like espresso and vanilla and chili, uh, uh, and, and then our our gin kind of came about a year later. I did a, a hard R and D distilling all the different botanicals on my mini still and understanding what they are, and, and I had a lot of pushback. People were like, "Where's your gin? Where's your gin? Where's your gin?" But I didn't want to be changing the gin as I was evolving the recipe. I wanted to make sure it was right, and that's when we did Alpine Dry Gin with locally sourced uh, spruce tips. Right. And as soon as that hit, it like blew up for us that we, you know, were able to send spirits off to uh, competitions where we had one best in class platinum for our vodka. So out of 200 vodkas entered in the global competition, we got number one. Uh, and, and that kind of, you know, solidified that this isn't just a tourist kind of gimmick anymore. We actually are producing quality spirits. Right. Uh, then they just allowed me to uh, produce what we wanted. And I moved into like barrel aged cocktails where we're now taking, you know, pallets of Campari and sweet vermouth and Argin and making a Negroni, aging it for six months in New Oak and then bottling it off. And we ended up being the biggest purchaser of Campari as well in Canada, which allowed me to go actually see the facility in just outside of Milan because we wanted to buy totes of Campari, right? Like it just kind of kept growing. Um, and then kind of in the background, we were aging all of our whiskey. Right. We had uh, about 200 barrels by the time I, I moved on from there and uh, all New Oak, uh, half cask, full cask, used oak, 100% rye, even did a bourbon mash bill. And we were trying to just like find that evolution of what spirit we wanted to go make for like 25 years in whiskey because we had none. So you got to kind of figure it out and time takes that, right? Right. Yeah. 
Uh, and then evolution into like on tap cocktails. We started with Negronis and old fashions and things like that. And and then we uh, we, we dropped uh, Shaft on Draft uh, and, and kind of uh, <laughs> pioneered that with uh, Rob at Craft, right? Yeah, that yeah. was the whole idea. And and uh, and then it just kind of kept going and, and to now where we've got a full core line of cocktails on tap by Hendo and, and now moving into canned highlights. That's wicked. Okay, so this is when I ask a really stupid question. I like to drop in the odd really okay. dumb question. But... You, you mentioned that you guys won for your vodka. Vodka is one of those spirits that I don't understand because I don't, like, what makes a good vodka? Is it that it doesn't taste like anything or, like, like what is it that, what are you judging? Yeah, so up until really craft distillation started in America, vodka was known as this mass-produced, over-distilled, it burns when you drink it, there is no depth, there is no character, there is no rich flavors. Uh, when craft distillation comes around, we now can ferment in small batches and, and manipulate the base spirit from our grain even, uh, depending on what flavors we want to leave in the fermentation, different yeast, different temperatures. And then we can now distill it through our column stills that we have that start off as a pot still rather than just a mass-produced continuous still. Uh, when we sent the product off to the, the SIP Awards in San Diego, uh, the feedback that we got was that we had a, a, a rich mouth, a big depth and character, but still a clean, lo long-lasting finish, which is kind of different to what the world knew vodka as. Right. Yeah, so it was good to hear that, you know, the, the people that are kind of, you know, making the decisions in the world of judging are on trend with what we were trying to do which was create something that still is a clean distilled up to 95 percent alcohol but has depth and character in it right um so then would would you then would you sip a vodka or is it still something that you you mix in a drink like what's yeah like vodka's the number one purchase spirit on the planet and it always will be and everyone drinks it differently uh for for me yeah like i like vodka on ice if i'm gonna drink vodka yeah. uh you know I, i've put it into highlight where we've got you know passion fruit or strawberry and we've got cocktails coming out of it for sure because we were trying to bring the flavor of the cocktail and not manipulate it with the spirit but you know it's to each their own there's no wrong way to drink but for me i just like sipping on vodka a little bit of ice to chill right okay so let's talk about so how long ago did you leave park then yeah so we will be coming up to two years here in february so it's been a couple now okay uh and for the last year i, I really put my head down and, and and started this cocktails on tap vision and uh and it's just grown we we did it in banff uh last november so a year ago kind of this month uh at the rosen crown and at the banff park lodge so i had this hotel conference lobby lounge and then like the, the pub of banff right like yeah. the nightlife place and and even like last winter during you know the unfortunate circumstances of omicron and like curfew and like super cold weather the Rosen Crown was still flipping a keg of each flavor every single week. Yeah. And you couldn't serve past 11 and that bar normally doesn't get busy till 11. So we knew we had a thing, but we wanted to slow roll it through winter to see. Uh, and then in March uh, of, of this year, we decided to inventory up and, and make 50 kegs of the Strawberry Smash, the Pineapple Express and our Lime Margarita. And I went to town in, in Calgary and started selling and, uh, you know, using all of our relationships that I'd created over these years. And, and we were kind of knew that May would be when people are uh, switching their menus up. Yeah. And so we kind of hoped 50 kegs would be a big month for us. And like, that would be awesome if we can just do that consecutive over the, over the summer, it'd be great. 
and in may we did 270 kegs oh wow yeah so the the bars and the service industry stood behind uh speed of service uh consistency and also quality we're using 100 percent real juice there is no preservatives no fake flavorings no anything in it uh and 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 so for them to be able to serve like 50 margaritas in three minutes that's real now and and they they got behind it uh and then uh in, in i guess it would have been April, May, I was sitting down with PJ at Kraft and, and we started talking about Shaft again. And, and uh, he, he offered an opportunity for me to make a new Shaft and he would uh, definitely list it because of the relationship we built with the old Shaft on draft. And, and so I did and, and uh, I came out with OG Shaft and it kind of lit up the city and, and everyone changed back to the original Shaft, which was the whole idea. And, and uh, that, that definitely like allowed us to then staff up and hire reps and production people and not just like seat of the pants willy-nilly anymore we're going to actually go ahead and do this and, and now we've got you know monica in in, in the mountains and, and jojo in, in the city and and uh production manager in our, our our facility in airdrie and and it's a team now and so we're yeah. able to build this up and, and really give it a shot and and now we're going okay so i just want to i, I kind of want to understand the concept so what 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 made you so what what was it that you were building that was maybe different from the typical business model of a, of a distillery. Cause I feel like the way that you sell your product to the, you know, to the, you know, whether it's pubs and bars, basically the way the consumer gets your product is different than the typical business model. So what, what is your business model and kind of how did you come up with it? Yeah. So, um, you know, Cocktails on tap is, is something that I was doing with park and, and, uh, you know, it was all straight spirit. I hadn't figured out the juice part of it yet and understanding that some juice separates and how to not make that happen. And, and, and so it was when I had the opportunity to do a full juice brand that became the business model was to provide that delicious strawberry gin smash that's clarified and lightly carbonated on tap. So it's consistent and the same every single time. Uh, we, we wanted to be able to allow uh, the, the service industry that was struggling for staff, especially coming out of COVID, uh, to be able to make cocktails and not slow the service down. Right. Uh, we've all gone to a bar and ordered a cocktail, wait 20 minutes, and it kind of gets annoying now, right? <laughs> especially when you're with a group of beer drinkers. If you've got a table of six, four beer drinkers and two are cocktails, the minute a cocktail is ordered, those beers ain't coming out any quicker. Right. So now they're waiting for you as well. So the whole like idea of getting these servers to um, upsell these on tap cocktails while they still have a full cocktail menu, like you guys all order beer. Why don't you try this strawberry smash? We'll come out just as fast as the beer. And then we'll work on that $15 cocktail in time. And they're almost like upselling themselves into another cocktail. Right. And, and that was kind of what we went for was speed, efficiency and, and, and consistency. And yeah, man, these bars just, they, they got behind it and understood it and the product's real and, and they get it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. So obviously yeah, you saw, you saw a need in the market. Um, what are you working on now? Cause we had looked at, you were showing me some cans and stuff like that. So obviously your business model continues to evolve. What's uh what's the, the focus now? Yeah. Like, 
cocktails on tap the kegs are definitely our focus that's our yeah. bread and butter and, and what we're doing the best but as we were kind of rounding out the summer and, and we knew that like sales would go down patios close uh, cocktail season kind of slows down a bit we were just like well what should we do and 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 it was like well why don't we try doing a can and i've had this brand highlight in the back of my mind for a few years now and and so this was the opportunity to do that and all real juice cocktail or rtd as as people are calling it except we're just not the vodka soda with whatever essence of flavor they're adding we're real juice and and i think the consumers understand that yeah it costs a little bit more for that can comparative to your you know seltzers or whatever is out there and uh so we, we've definitely shifted into wanting to produce that uh it was an unknown going into winter uh with a fruit juice brand we weren't sure how well it would sell and we weren't concerned if it didn't sell because we knew spring's coming right yeah um and and we were fortunate enough to to partner with lake louise ski hill uh they they were very kind uh with the margarita and the strawberry smash on tap we're at now five locations across the mountain and they got behind highlight and decided to list uh the passion fruit and the strawberry highlight in all the grab and go areas so now we've now associated ourselves with a winter brand which was huge for us uh and and we started off by giving away a ski pass for lake louise uh q code on every four pack uh scan it enters you into win and we've now associated ourselves with full winter brand which is great because the home is in the mountains here and and we were talking a little bit yesterday um you may or may not remember this um <laughs> um but just in terms of where your vision is and and uh, obviously you don't have to get into to all of it but you know when you think about what you're doing um let's say three years down the road five years down the road if that's even possible like where do you see what you're doing yeah, like right now, we're definitely developing a house of brands, uh, just like any big company out there. They may own a ton of different spirits or beers, and it's all managed and owned by one company. Uh, we're kind of moving that way. Uh, so this buyhendo.com that we've had is is the the parent company, and it's going to kind of move up into the umbrella overseeing uh, ontapcocktails.com, drinkhighlight.com. And then we're uh, launching a, a new brand here in this, well, I guess we could call it January, but for spring focus, uh, called L Cocktail which is our, our Mexican line. So all tequila base and El Margarita, El Paloma and El Mule, where you shake the can just like we're doing with the passion fruit. Uh, and then we hope in May to uh, launch a gin line and a rum line so that we've now got five or six different brands that are all individual, but governed by Hendo. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping that we'll execute on all that, but at least we know going into spring, we'll have our vodka line and our tequila line and then on tap cocktails uh, and it will grow as time happens. Uh, we're, we're moving into BC as, as we go, uh, that new craft beer market that opened up in Victoria, we were fortunate enough to, to get the OG shaft listed out there. And, and that followed suit to having the other three that are in BC happening. And, and we just want to kind of keep growing and, and, and build out Western Canada as we go here. Well, I'd say, uh, knowing PJ is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, he understands that, like that model of, uh, uh, like that speed consistency and efficiency and uh, you know the, the bars we find consume more when they're drinking shaft because it's not just doing shots of jack anymore they're actually having like an uppity moment dancing happens and people start to want to consume more uh, without over consuming I guess you can say right yeah so he, he sees that <laughs> and he understands it and, and we've been fortunate enough to definitely uh, uh, align ourselves with them to, to make that happen. So, okay, you seem like you, well, from what I know of you, you obviously take something and, and run with it. Mm -hmm. um, 
is that is that the same in other parts of your life like what do you do outside of work and are you as like psychotically passionate about those things yeah uh yeah definitely like that that work-life balance like i'm fortunate enough to live in banff in the mountains uh uh skiing is awesome my, my four-year-old daughter here we're, we're getting her into ski lessons up at norquay and and uh it's even brought that passion back into the mountains you know when i moved to banff uh, 18 years ago as an 18 year old kid uh we were doing 100 day ski years and and that slowly kind of gets less and less as time goes on life happens and you can't go skiing 100 days out of a year well now that piper's into skiing well it gets us back out of the mountain and, and totally. trying to do that family feel uh you know uh, i'm in banff for almost 20 years don't plan on leaving and, and so you got to enjoy the time while you're here uh and, and that mountain life is is what i think is keeping me here and, and yeah. definitely the passion flows through that well, it's cool to reconnect with you because we reconnected in the in the springtime. You did our festivals mm. in Edmonton and Calgary. And then, you know, obviously we're here in Banff, so you're doing the Banff Craft Beer Festival. What is it like for you personally? You know, why why do you decide to do festivals? Um, is it is it getting in front of the consumers and getting that immediate feedback or where do you see the value in it? You know, like I was having great conversations with uh, Dan at Coal Garden last night about that, right? Because he's got this vision too that's very similar and aligns well with mine. Is is the industry that we're in, which is food and beverage and 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 bars, is is to have fun and to socialize and connect with people and and grow those you know uh, conversations and and keep things happening. So that's number one for me. Like for sure, getting out in front of people and and them knowing our brand is it but you know the, the platform you allow us to be part of is a party and and i enjoy that right and and making sure that everyone's having fun dancing you know they, they brought a dj around yesterday and it was just a great time and that is like the epitome of it all right uh yeah we want to get to as many people as we can but even if it's just that room of 40 people dancing like a nightclub that's the, the that's what brings it home for me for sure yeah yeah it's a it's a pretty special community um, you know, for us, every time we do a festival, it feels like I always joke. It's like a family reunion. You know, we totally. see like our team comes together, but then getting to see, um, you know, all of you guys from the, from the community coming out and, you know, it just, it always just makes me kind of, you know, realize like how many years ago it was that we first connected, yeah. you know, and, 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 uh, just yeah. remembering sitting at park and, and, you know, you walking me through the distillery and, and just the passion that you had. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of following your career and what you've done, just knowing that you have that baseline kind of foundational passion, it's, it's really been fun to watch. So totally. when we all get a chance to, you know, come together, it's only a few times a year, but it's, uh, it's just, for me, it's so much fun to, to see what, what everyone, you know, yeah. what's your next crazy idea? What, yeah. you know, Dan from Cold Garden, that's another good example, right? Yeah, so, exactly. See, see, I knew you guys were hit it off. That's why I put you guys It was together. amazing when I saw that on the map. I was like, no way. We got two party booths yeah. beside each other. Let's go, right? I'm like, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> well, we're about to find out. Yeah. 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 No, this is awesome. So, and like you said, you got your daughter here. You guys yep. are going to get skiing. Did you know that she told me this? This is a fact. Um, when you and your wife aren't in the room, if she's with her dog, her dog talks. Yeah, that's Penny, right, Piper? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Giving a <Yeah>. nod. <laughs> that's awesome. So, you guys are off. Um, you're going to take her out skiing. Yeah, we got ski lessons that's starting up again. Uh, first one of the year. So, we got four in a row and, and get her out there as much nice. as we can. Yeah. 
Well, it's not a bad place to live, hey? Oh, man, it's a yeah. dream. We live in people's vacations. It's like the Disneyland for adults. And yeah. it, I, I love it. Uh, the tourist is why we're here. And so let's make sure that they have the best time possible so we also can have the best time possible. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's good to see that you kind of have that balance where you get to get out to... Because I was talking to Scott um, from Pursuit, and sometimes, uh, you know... The irony is when you live here, you actually aren't able to take advantage of it just because, yeah. like you say, it is very tourist-based. So you're very focused often on the tourists enjoying yeah, themselves. It's and then slow it's like, in October, November, which is kind of the worst seasons for the mountain. Yeah. But uh, making sure that you get to enjoy, you know, the short summer that we have and then this long winter of, of just awesome skiing and the yeah. snow on the, on, on the planet, right? Uh, take advantage when you can. Are you a skier or a snowboarder? Uh, snowboarder by trade. I learned how to ski when I uh, met my wife. Uh, 10 years ago so that she could keep up uh, and then I switched back to snowboarding again and, and now I'm on skis with Piper because we're trying to get her going on skis and if she chooses to snowboard in the future awesome yeah. uh, but I think that uh, foundation on the mountain is skiing is best and so I'm, I'm on the sticks again which is cool awesome sweet man well thanks for taking the time yeah no, thank um, you. yeah we'll see you obviously later tonight but yeah, um, yeah love uh, love connecting with you and um, yeah just super you know excited to see what you're what you're doing and yeah, uh as this thing grows it's it's funny <laughs> hey how like just how life works where just that one experience of like you know sitting down with uh your coworker and and learning more about cocktails you know keeping that open mind because like you said you're like this is dumb and then it's just like okay wait maybe there's something to it and then that turns into yeah. a lifelong passion just right like that it's pretty cool um awesome congratulations man okay sweet thanks okay. a lot man get out to the ski hill come yeah. on be a good dad <laughs> let's do it see you man <laughs> Thanks for listening to the ABF podcast. If you enjoyed the conversation, please rate us where you download your podcast and share with friends. For more information on other projects that our team is working on, please visit albertabeerfestivals.com. Remember to join us again next week and have an awesome day.